Hi, and welcome to the Nomad Sailing Podcast. A Nomad Sailing are a small family-run sailing school, uh, the best, obviously, on the south coast of the UK. Uh, the team consisted of myself, Lou, the chief instructor, my brother, Jim, the school principal, and Joe, our ops manager, will be bringing you all things sailing and nautical over the coming weeks and months. So please subscribe and share and get in touch if you have a topic you'd like us to cover. And contact us at www.nomadsailing.co.uk. And please enjoy. Welcome to the Nomad Sailing podcast. And today I have uh, James with me in real life. Should I say that in real life? You're just James. But uh, James uh, is the owner of the Car Dealer magazine. And um, I think you also do a podcast on that. Don't you, James? Got a regular podcast? We do a weekly one called the Car Dealer Podcast. Funnily enough. All about cars. All about cars, yeah, and selling cars. Awesome. Um, and uh, also, you are a volunteer for Gappers. I am indeed, yeah. I volunteer uh, Lifeboat Coxon for Independent Lifeboat Gosborne Fairman Dual Rescue Service. Excellent. And I think we're going to do, um, hopefully, we'll talk to you about that on a separate podcast because that's really interesting um, and um, definitely worthwhile pe- people knowing, especially those, you know, that sailing around the Solent uh, of your life boat and, and what you've got because i think you've got pretty super duper one there yeah um, and we've done some training with you on it so that's all been good you also however this the whole point of this podcast is to discuss would you put your boat into charter management and and sort of all the stuff around that i think yeah um, so what tell us a bit about the boat that you own so i've got a fairline target 40 um i've had it for may 2018 i bought it uh first I mean, I say proper boat that I've owned. I had a had a rip before that, and realised the way I was using using my boat was I, I wanted something I wanted to stay on. Really, I like. I mean, I, I've wanted to learn to sail, and I think one day you're probably going to probably going to teach me, Lou. But um, okay. I, it's a, it, a power boat was easier for me, um, so I, I went for the Targa Forty. It's got uh, it's got a couple of cabins. It's got uh, it's got a heads on it. Uh, it's got decent decent um, kitchen, decent saloon, nice space up up top. Um, and a decent sized boat. I mean, it took a little bit of getting used to. It's a little bit bigger than the rib and obviously doesn't bounce off things. Um, but it suits my lifestyle much better. You know, I can, I can get out and about. I'm, I'm more of a kind of a cruising motorboat owner. I just like to go to other marinas and, and chill out really and use it, use it as a holiday. Yeah, sure. And you live pretty local to the marina. Yeah, I can see the boat from here, funnily enough. <laughs> I like to keep an eye on it. Uh, yeah, no, I live in yeah I live in Gospel Marina in the uh, in the quarter deck flats just there. So I'm I'm really local and um, I love I love being by the water. I love living by the sea. I love owning a boat. But I mean, as you as you well know, that comes with um comes with a lot of costs, which can be can be pretty painful, don't they? Mm. And how often would you say you know in, in a normal year? Obviously, everything's been very much not normal in the last twelve months. But how often would you say you use your boat? It's too, it's. Too, so as I said, I had it since 2018, and I dabbled, which I'm sure that we'll come on to with a bit with Airbnb, and I um, and I used her for a bit of um, um, kind of holiday lets, really, letting people stay on it. They weren't allowed to take her out, but they were allowed to stay on her like a just an interesting place to stay. Um, yeah. And I did that in 2019 when things were normal. And it was absolutely crazy. It was near enough uh, booked out solidly for the entire summer season, which meant that I couldn't really use it myself. So, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of caused me a few problems. And last year I had a huge amount of work done on this. Uh, both the engines were out. And 
a lot of lot of maintenance work and then obviously and obviously the pandemic hit so mm. i mean i probably on average use it once a month um but it's effectively my back garden really from here um so i walk mm. down there and, and sit on there on a nice sunny evening and I, that's what i love about that sort of boat is you can just chill out in the marina which is pretty yeah. much what it's all about isn't it absolutely absolutely but you know you you yeah, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because we have had this last weird 12 months. But when you look at the boats in the marina, and, and you know, you've been in the marina a while, even in a normal year, how, what percentage of boats do you think just... That don't even move. A lot of the ones that are on the pontoon where I am are owned by people from all over the country. I think a couple of them are from... Um, one of them's from Ipswich. One of, them's from, one of them's from Norfolk. One of them's from Winchester. They, they don't get down very often. So, I mean, they, these sorts of people are using their boats so infrequently. Um, mm. I think for me, because it's so local and mm. it's easy to do, um, means I probably use it more than most boat owners. But, you know, I look out, look out the um, window and I'm sure when you're around the marina, you just, a lot of these things don't move, do they? And have you ever considered putting your boat into, into uh, charter management? I, I have. Um, but I'm not 100% sure of what it involves. So I, I'm, I kind of looked into it a little bit and I, she was set up for charter before. I think she was coded before I, before I bought her. Um, but that's all lapsed since, since, I've, since I've taken the boat on. But yeah, I have looked at it because the Airbnb side of things was actually a decent revenue income. It mm -hmm. you know, worked out worked out pretty well i mean it was a lot of work i spent most of my time cleaning and washing bed, <laughs> washing bed sheets you know it's not really yeah. the sort of thing i wanted not the sort of thing i wanted to do which is why the charter management side of things was a little bit more interesting but i'm a little bit nervous about letting people use my boat so i mean perhaps you can explain a little bit about how that works because you you clearly do it a lot for, for other owners but i don't really understand i mean how yeah. do they how do they get around that well i think you know, in terms of the coding, because we run the school and we run Solent Yacht Charter, you know, coding boats to us is sort of second nature. And it's really all just about the boat being a safe boat to be on. So obviously um, it's, a, it's a five year process coding. So in year one and year five, it has to be an out of the water proper survey, right. which, you know, is probably quite a good thing to do anyway on a boat. Well, they come out um, any year anyway, don't they? So I suppose it could be done at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's absolutely the right time. And then year two is just an owner's or, or a, I mean, we do it for some of our boat owners. We just sign off. We have a look around. I mean, we're constantly looking around the boats anyway. Year three is an in-the-water survey. So again, something has to come down, but that's just an in-the-water survey. Um, so for yachts, I suppose, more than anything else, they're checking keel bolts and, and all that. Year four is, again, self-cert. And year five isn't, isn't out of the water again. And then all the rest of it is just having your life raft, having your life jackets, having, you know, just making sure all your kit is working effectively. It's really not, you know, if your boat is in good order, the coding is a, is a, is a simple thing to do. In terms of, you know, put, I, can, I can understand. So obviously a yacht it, under power can only go so fast. Yeah. You know, your boat, I don't know, what's its top? Uh, 30 knots. Right. So, you know, that's considerably faster, but you could just say, well, I'm going to, I'm not actually going to put it out for bare boat charter. I'm only going to allow skipper charter, which would then mean that we would have to find skippers that are commercial yacht master 
power not not us obviously not me yeah <laughs> um uh but power and they, you know then they tend to be instructors but there are plenty that are that are commercial yacht masters that that will that will do you know a day out and again you know that's the client would have to pay for that um so that is your choice you know totally or you say okay well i will put it out to bare boat charter but i'm only going to allow you know somebody with a coastal skipper power motor sorry and i also want to see their sailing cv because if they've done all of that in the mediterranean where there's no tides yeah that's a non-starter and what what sort of money can you expect to get from say with the skipper charter i mean just a just a rough idea of what 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 day would generate so so i reckon on a boat like yours for a day you're talking about we think that a day you're looking at 900 a thousand pounds wow and is there demand for it though i think again it's been so different hasn't it in the last 12 months but there's a lot of demand certainly this year but i think there is a lot of demand for just people having a day on a power boat line yours i've seen your boat obviously it's a lovely boat and just for a day out go over to cows have some lunch come back and yeah why not and if you're a group of friends what's how many um what's your max on board 12 i think i i wouldn't be 100 percent sure but 12 would be quite tight if you wanted a bit more room six would be nice number yeah i think well yeah i think yeah if you want to be comfortable and if you split that between you know a thousand pound for a day out with a group of mates with yeah. six of you it becomes highly affordable really but i was looking at it earlier basing it on people that other companies that do sort of powerboat charters and you're looking at a monday to friday about four thousand and that, that and does that include a skipper that doesn't include the skipper and it also doesn't include fuel right so obviously because if people go mad in people in your boats then fuel consumption can be a bit high yes. very rapidly makes half decent money doesn't it yeah i mean i mean i'm not going to ask how much you spent on your boat i know you had both the engines out but it certainly would have been a substantial oh well, I, I'm, I don't mind telling you it was twenty-one thousand pounds <laughs> yeah so i mean it was yeah wasn't 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 a cheap service that one no. <laughs> could have bought a ford fiesta for that money <laughs> yeah well i think that's that's probably about i don't know how many times the value of the car that i drive but quite substantially more. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you mean your ferrari though yeah that ferrari <laughs> i've got yeah hidden away that nobody's ever seen <laughs> so it's you know with certainly with a boat like yours it wouldn't have to go out that often to make you a reasonable amount and certainly we always hope i mean obviously yachts are a lot less um but we always hope that it would cover people's mooring fees for sure um and you know knock off some of their maintenance one of our smaller yachts one of our 36 foot yachts last year just in august made the owner 4k wow yeah i could could sort of see why how how and why it's very very attractive but i mean does it devalue the boat at all i mean why i mean clearly you're putting a lot more engine hours on on, on a power boat rather you know rather than a sailboat yeah i think i think i'd have to speak to my friend sam who's a boat breaker but i don't think it overly does because the boat is constantly being looked after by us you know i think what devalues a boat more 
is if that boat just sits in a marina, going nowhere, doing nothing. I mean, we've seen them all in the marina. You can tell the boat that hasn't moved. It's got a garden growing on the bottom of it. It's green. It's just horrible. And if that's what it's like outside, it's probably just as bad inside. So I think the fact that we're getting the boats out there, using them, cleaning them, maintaining them, obviously checking, you know, it's like hiring a car. So we go around the outside of the boat, check for any scratches or any little bits and bobs and, and you know, sign that off with whoever charters it. I mean, certainly if you went for only skipper charter, then you would hope that the yacht master isn't going to crash your boat. You'd hope so, would you? But sometimes it's not, you know, it's somebody, it could be somebody else. It's like anything, isn't it? You have a car accident, it's not necessarily your fault, it's somebody else. Yeah, um, I was going to say what happens if it has a prank. So if as a prang, we would get the people that we know very well that are very good at what they do to sort that out. And there would be, I mean, on the yachts, the damage deposit that is given to us is 1,500 pounds. Obviously on a boat like yours, it would probably be more. Um, and it's, that's not returned to the charterer until we've checked the boat out and the boat is as it was when they took it out. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I think that would probably be the thing that would worry me the most is, I mean, it's your pride and joy, isn't it, in some respects, and you just worry about letting people, letting people loose on it. I think so. I think that takes a bit of getting used to. I yeah. think even when I bought, when I bought our first school boat, you know, it's a school boat at the end of the day. I, now, I'm my attitude is, it's a school boat. It's going to get a knock. It's going to get a prang. That is what happens. But when I first had it, it was the first ever yacht that we owned, albeit it was a school boat, it was like, oh, no, there's a tiny scratch on it. But, you know, they're so easy to polish out. And, it, you know, on a school yeah. boat, it happens. But I fully understand on your own pride and joy that even something like that is not really what you want. But then I got around it on the, on the Airbnb front and... The difference with Airbnb is you have to manage it all yourself. You're dealing with the inquiries coming in. You're dealing with the cleaning. You're dealing with taking them down and, and booking them in and, and, and checking them off. I suppose the advantage is with, with, with you guys is you do it all for the owner. And, and I think the other, the other thing that I find very attractive, I, I mean, if I was living away, is the fact that somebody else is keeping an eye on the boat for me. I mean, even in the case of going down and checking the lines once every couple of weeks as you as you as you go over the boat it's going to be a lot better looked after than one of these ones that just sits there and the owners come down once every six weeks or on a sunny weekend but taking that point what happens when it is sunny and i want to use it do you just kick the people off or if it's booked and how's that work well i suppose i suppose unplanned then yeah that's quite difficult so the way that we that we manage our yachts here and in terms of the communication with the owners we have a google calendar which they can see so they can see what's booked uh, at the beginning of the year they can put in the anything they want they can put in any dates that they want obviously the more they use their boat the less they're going to generate income from it because you know while they're using it we obviously can't charter it out but it's literally at the beginning of the year book whatever you like and then as the bookings come in and as you're looking at the long range weather forecast you can just put all right i'm having that weekend yeah so yeah i mean if it if it is booked out then yeah obviously we can't sort of say to the people that have booked it and paid us a deposit that actually sorry you only wants to use that now yeah i take it this year has gone pretty crazy i mean i suppose everybody not being able to go on holiday and with loads of disposable income in must be all be heading your way are they bookings have started to come in and i think traditionally they tend to start coming in proper in may I think the problem is that 
shouldn't really say this, but a lot of people are going to miss the boat because if they think there are going to be any boats left for August, uh, July and August, certainly for August, by the end of May, I think they'll be sadly disappointed. What do you think and uh, your, your thoughts are on people get, trying to get away this year? I mean, I, I think I mentioned to you before, I'm looking on having a big trip this year on, on my boat. Do you think people are going to be able to, once they've chartered these boats, get into marinas? I mean, it was a bit of a nightmare last year, wasn't it? It was an absolute bun fight. I would, the thing is, at the end of the day, you get the places that we all love going, Lymington, Yarmouth, Bewley. You know, if you can, if you can anchor off or, you know, the weather's nice enough for you to be able to anchor off. I mean, I love that or pick up a mooring boy because that's so lovely in the morning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but a lot of them will, so, so take it, Lymington and Yarmouth. I mean, certainly Yarmouth is, is, a, is a big one for this. They will book a number of berths. So you can pre-book a number of berths. But then they will leave the rest of the marina as a first come first serve scenario. And that's when you get this utter chaos. Yeah. I mean, the guys there are fantastic. I really love them and they're really, really helpful. But it's chaotic when that happens. But because I guess of the nature of the of they've got so many long pontoons at Yarmouth, they're not all finger berths. So I, I suppose because of the nature of that, then and then therefore they can fit in bigger longer boats on those longer pontoons you know it's try it would be like trying to work out a jigsaw puzzle wouldn't it you go yeah. well, my small finger berths are booked now i've got all these really long pontoons i've got a 46 footer a 20 footer a 36 footer you know how is it all going to work out i've managed to book one uh marina i've managed to book portland I'm going to be going away for probably six to eight weeks and Portland's the only one I've managed to get in so far. The rest of them are saying call a month in advance or, or, or call up on the radio as you're arriving. Well, I mean, it's not great if, you, if you're headed all the way down to Dartmouth, is it? Which was, which was my plan. I mean, it just makes planning near enough impossible. I'm finding it quite stressful, if I'm honest, considering it's supposed to be a holiday. It's not I know. It, it, is, it is problematic, isn't it? Because, I, I mean, the dart is lovely. Well, when I, I've only ever been in it once. I was quite taken back with it. I thought it was lovely. Um, but there are some mooring boys, aren't there, down the river? And there's the marina. But actually, if you can't get in anything or on a mooring boy, there's really nowhere to go, is there? You're going to have to come out and, and I don't know, go, go to Plymouth. Yeah, it's not yeah. the risk I really want to take, that. No. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, that's, that's going to be the problem this season, isn't it? Getting in places, but still. I think so. But if you think, how many people do you think you can come across from? I mean, normally we have a lot of French and, yeah. and Belgians and Germans. I'm not convinced that we'll have that this year, not only because of um, COVID, but because of Brexit. The paperwork involved is not, is not much fun. Um, so if you think, right, every boat that's out there must have a mooring. So where is it? For, for that boat to be out there, it must have come off something. Yes, Out true. of the marina, off a mooring boy. Obviously, we don't want to sit in Portsmouth Harbour on a swinging mooring. But do you know what I mean? So most of them have to have come from somewhere. And if you, you know, I mean, Premier Marina, where we're both, we both have our boats, they have no designated visitors' moorings ever. No, that is a very good point. I've never really thought about that, actually. But yeah, because they just chuck you in where they can, don't they? Yeah. That's why they ask you to let them know if you're leaving the marina and when you'll be back. Anyway, we're, what were we talking about? Chartering, putting your boat into charter management. I think, I think it depends on your boat and I think it depends how often you can get down to use your boat. I mean, obviously you can look at yours every day just out of your window. 
But I think that, but certainly, and, and, and as you know, and everybody that listens to this will know, I'm a sailor. And uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, certainly for sailing boats, they haven't got the power that, that a power boat has. And uh, I think personally, if your boat is of a, an age and a standard, it's a little bit of a no brainer to put it into charter management. I really do. Um, Cause it will for sure pay you more in fees. And I think in terms of your boat, I think I wouldn't discount it, but I'd probably just say, I'll put it into charter management, but it's skippered. Yeah. So you know that every time that boat goes out, it's got a Yachtmaster commercial, or you insist that it's got a Yachtmaster commercial power skip, motor skipper on it. I'd, I'd certainly feel a lot more confident with that, or, yeah. do, it, or do it myself. But I'd have to Why get, not? have to get all those endorsements. Yeah, but what? <laughs> What, what qualification have you got? Uh, advanced powerboat. So I'd have to get that commercially endorsed from the... Yeah. Yeah. And that just is a medical first aid, which you must already have because of your Come role at the gaffers. Yeah. The HF, which you must already have because of your role at gaffers. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's all you need, I think. I'll have to look into there it. There you go. See, you make more money than your Airbnb if you start yeah, taking people out for the day. New job. Great. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> it's a day, though, isn't it? Yeah. You could all, almost, if you did a day, like a day a month, you could almost be covering a more affairs. That would be nice, because they're pretty painful, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, right, I think we've discussed all we need to discuss about. Um, there's nothing else we can say, really, about charter, charter management and putting your, putting your boat into charter management. Yeah, as I say, I don't think people should discount it. I think they should certainly look at it. I think they should, everybody buys a boat, and unless you live as close to a marina as James, you buy your boat and it tends to, you have all, with the best will in the world, you think you'll be down every weekend sailing it, and you end up coming down maybe, at best, six or seven times a year. Well, thank you very much, James, for joining to discuss that. It's been, uh, it's been interesting. Thank you for having me on. Welcome. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share and follow us. And we'll be back next week for some more interesting topics. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, Campbellton Loch, oh, hi. Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, I would drink you dry. Now, Campbellton Loch is a beautiful place, but the price of the whiskey is grim. How nice it would be if a whiskey was free and the loch was full up to the brim. Oh, Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, Campbellton Loch, oh, hi. Oh, Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, I would drink you dry. I'd buy a yacht with the money I've got, and I'd anchor it out in the if I wanted a nip, I'd go in for a dip, I'd be swimming by night and by day. Oh, oh. Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, Campbellton Loch, oh hi. Oh, Campbellton Loch, I wish you were a whiskey, I would drink you dry. We'd have a gathering of the clans, they come from near and far. I can see them grin as they're wading in and shouting, land, yeah,